You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Angelica. I'm your host. And joining me is my co-host, Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hello. Praise be. Blessed day. Today, we're here to talk about Handmaid's Tale, episode 12, titled Sacrifice. And boy, was it a sacrifice. Um, Yep, definitely. Um, So we're going to talk later on the episode to figure out exactly who or whom or what was the sacrifice that was made. Um, But (laughs) it definitely um, was kind of a shocker. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So what were your thoughts on this episode, Ryan? Um, Really like this episode because, again, they're continuing their track of we're seeing action. Um, and we're not revert. We're not taking June like five steps back whenever she makes a decision or moves forward. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like I can't wait to see what 13 is going to be about. And I thought there was like there was obviously like one huge sad moment that I know we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know that you were hinting to, but yeah, overall I thought it was pretty good. What about you? Yeah, I enjoyed this episode. It was definitely once again forward trajectory because a big complaint about the show, as we've been saying all season long, has been the fact that they're not really moving forward much. Um, but this is definitely kind of wrapping up the season at a fast pace. Mm-hmm. They're going out with a bang, so I was with it. Uh, I, I liked it. I like New June to a degree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I'm rather like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, but keep her like this. I mean, there is some, you know, some sketch stuff in there, but I'm like, I'd rather her go on this thing that she was doing there before. Yeah. Like the first part of the season. Yeah. Cause before she was kind of operating from a place of hate and now right. she's operating. I mean, I guess it's love, um, but she, what she, <laughs> she's doing what she's doing for the good. And I know we use yeah. that one a lot. Well, they're doing everything for the greater good, but no, she really is trying to help these kids. Um, she kind of has a purpose and she's, you know, dead set on it. Um, so I prefer June put her energy into this than trying to like take out Natalie or whatever else she, right. <laughs> she was doing this season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode. It definitely had a lot of like great moments and I can't wait to break them down. So let's jump in. Uh, mm-hmm. So we start off this episode with our classic June narration, her voiceovers. Um, she thinks she's in an action film or something because <laughs> she's loading <laughs> up her gun and she's narrating. She's like, as I load my gun, a van pulls up outside. I hear footsteps come up the steps. The door slowly opens and I aim my gun and it's Eleanor. Uh, <laughs> so Eleanor, <laughs> so you we're thinking like the eyes are after her or something crazy. It's just Eleanor. Yeah, I was getting nervous. I was like on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh God, what's about to happen? What's about to go down? Uh, so it's actually Eleanor. She um, basically tells June, you know, there's men downstairs and she's like, what do they want? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, sandwiches and tea can you go help Beth <laughs> <laughs> I love Eleanor she's like um 
I don't know what you want me to tell you. He wants you downstairs. Yeah. So, um, no. So June goes, and she's like, and and, and keep the and keep the gun up here. Yeah. We we don't want that. Just keep that in your room. <laughs> <laughs> um. So June goes downstairs to help Beth, and she's like, Hey, Beth, do you need anything? She's like, No, nah, I'm good. After what you pulled off last night, you deserve the night off. Um. So she pushes like a basket of like tart or something towards June and she's like Billy, yeah. Billy is in and Billy is um her inside man at Jezebel's the one that was going to set up you know for them to help the children escape and she tells her that the flight is a week away um so we see the commanders are all in a tizzy um because they've learned that Fred was arrested Fred and Serena have been arrested and uh you know they're saying like Canada's holding it's holding them but the Americans are the ones that are behind this and I always think it's funny when they refer to Americans as Americans as if they're not Americans um but I kind of would compare it to the Confederacy versus the Union so Gilead is the Confederacy and the remaining Americans are the Union um so at this point the commanders want war they want to launch an attack and Joseph's just like I don't even know why y'all here um now you come knocking at my door now that you know Fred is out <laughs> like oh <laughs> the irony um and they're just like well you know you're one of the essentially they're saying that he's one of the few OGs left you know Winslow has disappeared Fred's up in Canada you know we need somebody with you know with wisdom and knowledge that can help us along and Joseph is like oh that's cool and everything but y'all took away my high security clearance so <laughs> Right. Why are you here? Um, they're just like, okay, well, we can arrange for your clearance to come back. Like, that's not a problem. We just need your help. So, mm-hmm. you know, they leave. And um, Joseph tells June that, you know, she she's having a great day because, you know, they're under the impression that the Americans kidnapped Winslow. So not only did you get away with murder, but you also, you know, the Waterfords are, are currently being put on trial for, for war criminals. So... <laughs> It's a great day. Blessed day. Praise be. Ow. You off the hook. You off the wall. Like, you don't have to worry about it. Um, yes, because she was looking so, t- like, June was intense. Like, she had a tense face this whole, like, first scene. Yeah, definitely. So he leaves her, uh, but she breaks down. Like, you can see this tears of happiness and tears of relief. Like, Whew, like there's a great weight lifted off her shoulders. Like everything's going as plans. The people that she hates most in this world are going on trial. She's off the hook for murder. Like, woo, it's great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so she's walking to fish and loaves. Yes. Fish and loaves um, with her umbrella. And she's all <laughs> happily, you know, just enjoying the rain and walking in. Uh, she meets a Robert and she tells her like, okay, everything's set up. Um, the plan's going to leave in a week. Tell the Marthas to come that night after dark to Lawrence's home and we'll get the kids out. And she's like, and, and bring Dylan too, which is of Robert's son. Um, mm-hmm. and, she, and, you know, and she tells her, you know, you'll always be his mother. You know, we're doing this for him. Um, and so, you know, Robert walks away to kind of spread the news. And... Good old Rita spots June at Fish and Lowe's. Um, they kind of exchange. I love, I Rita. love Rita. Can we just get more of her yes. in season four, please? More of Rita, please. Um, so they have a moment, and I, I thought this is one of my favorite scenes. They discuss what happened with the Yeah, Waterford. it was really good. Yeah. So like Rita's like, Did you hear? June's like, Yeah, I know. She's like, Oh, I can't believe what's happening. You know, they questioned me, they asked me what happened, and I told them, you know, that uh she was really nice to me. <laughs> Serena was really nice to me before she left. Because you know, at this put Rita has really developed a soft spot uh, for Serena and yeah which makes Serena really lucky yeah and uh, 
Team, so yeah, we're talking about on our Power Podcast, talking about Team Ghost and and Team Tommy. Well, we're we're Team Rita over here. Yeah, um, we're, yeah, we're Team Rita. Yeah, I don't really know who else you can like solidly rock with right now. Yes. <laughs> a lot has happened, so yeah, I'm gonna just go with Rita. Team Rita. Um, so yeah, she tells her, you know, um, you know, she was really nice to me, and J- June's like, she's really nice when she's up to something. Like, don't fall for the for the okie doke. <laughs> Um, but even so, uh, Rita's like, you know what? I heard about what you've been doing and you are such a boss. You know, <laughs> I want in. <laughs> so she wants to, you know, escort a kid, um, you know, across the border. She, she just wants to be involved in any way. And they they reach for potatoes, but they hold each other's hands. And Rita tells her, like, I'm really proud of you. And she walks away and they squeeze hands and, they, and she walks away. And June, like, you could tell she's about to cry because she's just like, oh, it's like your mom telling you, like, I'm proud of you. Uh, so yeah. I thought that was a sweet moment. I really enjoyed that scene. Um, and so next, <laughs> first of all, can I just say, Ooh, yes, go Fred ahead. is being detained. He's in a room, a jail cell. That is the nicest right? jail cell I ever. It looks like a hotel room. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm telling you, in Canada right now, when we see it, when you get put in jail, because you remember, um, Mora got coffee when they was locked up the other time. They got coffee. Or hard to drink. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for the for the regular people, that that's not the best. But for war criminals, man, they're they're cushy. They're literally for real. Like I was like, look at this room he's in. Yeah, he got a bed. He got a couch that he can, you know, two chairs, a conversational set pieces. That was what the okay. I learned that those two little chairs between a small coffee table those are conversation pieces so just so you know what yes yes getting your martha stewart on right now i've been looking for for patio furniture so you know because it's starting (laughs) to get cool so the sales are going up anyways so yes oh man he's little conversation sets little conversation pieces uh apparently he can have bourbon and wine and tea and coffee just real and then his window living it up yeah though they have like this like panoramic window you can look outside i think there's like a rock garden outside his room like i'm like i want to get locked up in canada (laughs) i mean like dude is ready like i'm just like yeah i don't think he's real uncomfortable right now No, he's not um and so well i mean he's comfortable but obviously he's he's scared um the let Serena visit him and they hug and they kiss and you're like oh Fred like it's, it was a little bit dramatic for me I was like the Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment you know what I love my cats I love Coco and Carmelita and how they like to wake me up in the morning you know what I don't love cleaning up Carmelita and Coco's litter box which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It is 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. But see, in what this is what gave me about Serena. In what world was it okay for her to go in there? I don't understand her. I'm like, now you already know. I was like, what world? Why would you even walk in there? 
don't know, Serena. She just want to see her hubby, so she kisses him and, he t- and, <laughs> and they're kissing, and, and he's like, I, you know, you can't say anything. You know, you got to protect yourself. And she's like, you can't say anything. Don't don't tell them anything that will incriminate you. Um, and he's just like, no, I, you know, I gotta save you. And she's like, don't worry about me. I'm gonna be all right. And he's like, wait. I was like, dun dun dun. That, they needed that like sound effect or something. <laughs> he was like, pause. What you what did you do? And she's like, I did it for Nicole. And he starts to like strangle her. <laughs> and I'm just right. like, guard. <laughs> so yeah, like it was like a slow, like the way they was moving the camera, it was like a slow, like I was like, is he really about to choke her out right now? What's going on? I mean, he's pissed. And she tells him, like, I did it for Nicole and um, you know, save yourself and I'll pray for you. <laughs> and he just tells her, he's like, you know what? I pity the child that has you as a mother. And uh, she's like, okay, mm. well, I'll stay prayed up. Deuces. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly what her face looked like. Yep. That was a good interpretation of what she did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even I like know. That. I like that. I don't even know why Fred's surprised. Like, he knows Serena. He knows that she's very about herself. And um, I don't even know why he felt like betrayed. Like, I know you saw this coming because, like, I don't understand. <laughs> so yeah. I guess he was still lost in the sauce. Lost in the sauce. So he he's left to pick up his jaw from the floor. Um, yep. And we move on to another couple. Uh, so... <laughs> So Eleanor is having a moment in the hallway. Um, you know, she's you, you can see progressively that she's getting worse and worse and worse. Her hair is disheveled. She's she's less lucid. She she's be- becoming more childlike. It's just it's not a good place. She needs to get out of there. Like she, she th- this week needs to go by faster because Eleanor is not built for Gilead. Um, right. She's really overwhelmed. So June, you know, she, June comforts her and she's like, okay, well, let me go with you. So apparently um, Mrs. Winslow and Mrs. Putnam are, are at the, at the Lawrence's home. They're basically petitioning Lawrence for help. Um, and, at this point, June is confronted with the wife of the man that she murdered. Uh, so I'm sure that's uncomfortable. So she's trying to keep her cool there. And, uh, you know, Mrs. Winslow's, you know, praying for her husband's return. And June's like, I pray for him wherever he is. And she's like, well, you need to pray for him to be returned. And June's like, I pray for that too. <laughs> uh, so they're asking, because Lawrence at this point is at the top of the food chain. So they're asking him for, for, for his help. Um, and she's like, I can't raise six children by myself. And I think it was, I don't know if it was Eleanor who said it, but she was like, your children. <laughs> so, yeah, I think she, I was dying. That was so funny to me. Yeah. So he gets her, he grabs her hand and then Eleanor starts to kind of unravel. And she's like, oh, well, we could take them. We could take them with us. And oh, I'm like, oh my God, no, yeah. you're, about to t- you're about to spill the beans. And, and, and Joseph, you know, he's smart. So he kind of finesses it. And she's like, we could take the children with us and, and more children. Children. Um, so he kind of finesses it to say, oh, you mean here to our home? Yeah, bring the kids. My casa is su casa. Um, so, you know, that kind of throws them off the set. But I'm just like, at this point, everyone knows that Eleanor is kind of a liability. Like she. Yeah. Yeah. She's not, she needs to shut her mouth. Um, but luckily, nobody right. noticed the slip but June and Joseph. Um, so next, we see uh, Moira and Luke going through security. And it just gave me flashbacks to TSA going through the airport. Um, mm. And they basically yep. are there to visit Serena or essentially bring in Nicole to visit Serena. Um, and Which we, I really hate these scenes. I do. I'm like, I don't like these scenes. Like, what gives you the right? But uh, Serena's in her cushy 
jail cell Tuello visits her and you know he's like oh I stepped into the wrong room she has you know her hair down she's wearing normal clothes um and she's like well I mean I'm 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 locked up here I might as well let loose and he's just like you know you're being detained until we sort things out you're not being imprisoned um and so because obviously she made a deal um, but he tells, you know, Nicole's arrived. So social worker walks in to oversee the visit. Apparently, <laughs> I, I can't believe, but the government is essentially given Serena visitation <laughs> with the child that like, isn't hers. Yeah. Um, so they're giving her visitation. Moira walks in with Nicole and, and kind of begrudgingly hands her over to Serena. And she gets some things off her chest. Serena's like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And she's like, I'm June's friend. Um, and she, she starts off pretty, pretty mild and she's just like, uh, she tells the social worker, like she has extra diapers, you know, um, I'm going to come back for her in an hour, which is the time this, yep. the, the, the government, it's one hour, one hour has allotted, um, you know, she gets cranky, you know, and so Serena's just like, um, she's fine with me. And more was like, uh, excuse me, ma'am, you're still the same. Just because you changed your clothes doesn't mean you're a different person. You're still the same person that held my best friend down and let her husband rape her. Oh, and by the way, your husband raped me too when I was at Jezebel's. Like, you know, I've, mm. I've, I've done my dirt. I know I have my sins and I am the person that I am. But you, you are the real gender traitor. Um, and she walks out and I was like, yes, Ooh, Moira, yep. get her. Yeah. Serena finally had her pick her face up moment that she needed. Yes. From day one. Yes. Moira read her for Phil. So Moira leaves and Serena is struggling to comfort Nicole. Nicole's crying and she's like, it's okay. Mommy's here. And the social worker put her in her place too. <laughs> she was like, you cannot call yourself her mother. That's confusing. I was like, thank you. Thank Ooh. you somebody bloop 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 ow yeah so you know she, she definitely is getting brought down to reality it ain't, it ain't all pe- peaches and cream right um so next we see joseph he's on a phone call he's doing what he does best cussing somebody else cussing someone <laughs> out and making them feel stupid um apparently he's arguing with someone because they're trying to close the borders and he's like that's a terrible idea um Partly because he needs the border open in order to smuggle these children through. Um, so June walks in. He doesn't see her until he turns around. And he's like, I should mm-hmm. put a bell around your neck. <laughs> 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 uh, but he's, he tells her, you know, they're trying to close the border. So he need, you need to get this plane out here sooner. And June's like, uh, we can't do that. We have to make this look legit. I can't. You have to tell them to hold the border open longer. So he's just like, all right, I'll see what I can do. Um, and so they kind of exit the study and Eleanor is like, I'm going outside. And they're like, where are you going? I'm going to go down the street to get this person's child and I'm going to bring them along. And we're just like, oh, oh, maybe we can go back to the school. And what about Hannah? And June's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she like yanks her up. Like she yokes her up and she's like, you need to keep your mouth shut. And Joseph's like, whoa, watch who you talking to. And she's like, no, you need to keep her in line. And she kind of like shakes up Eleanor. She's like, you need to keep your mouth shut. And Eleanor like is upset, but she's finally coming to her senses. And she's like, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, and, and, you know, June apologizes and Joseph comforts her and he's like, my love, you know, just think about us getting away from here. Just think about our future together. And she's like, 
do you really think we could do that? Like she's doubting that that's even a possibility. Like, please, Joseph, yeah. be real. And I, and you know, I'm always looking for the face and the looks. Mm-hmm. The look between June and Lawrence, I think, told a lot about where both of them stood as far as like Eleanor was on her true like 10 level of breakdown. She needs to be out now. Yeah, Eleanor needs to get out of here. You know, she was like, yeah, like the, and you can just kind of see that look between both of them that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's it's hard to watch, but this, I mean, this is a woman that's suffering from a mental illness on top right. of that. She's suffering from immense pressure, keeping this a secret while at the same time wanting to help. And she's just not, you know, I said it many, many times. She's not built for this world. She's starting to crack. I mean, she has cracked several times. She's just cracking more and yeah. more now. Um, and and she's dangerous to have around. She already slipped when she was with the wives. And, you know, if if Lawrence and, and June hadn't noticed her walking at the house, she probably would have went up to somebody's house, tried to snatch somebody's kid. Like, she's just not, she's a liability. She's just not mm-hmm. the one you have around. And I, you feel bad because, you know, when she was taking her medication, she was, she was thinking clearly, you know, she was the one that, um, you know, helped cover up the, the, the body of the Martha that was killed in their home. She put flowers, you know, she, she's, she, when she's in the, her right state of mind, she's very helpful. But right now... Yeah. Yeah, it is not. Yeah, you just feel so helpless for somebody like that. They just cannot control it. And you know, this society just, even if you somebody that's, you were, you know, art is in your right mind, this society is going to tear you down. So somebody that's already struggling with it. Yeah, definitely. She she was really having a hard time dealing with any of us. Um, so you feel kind of bad for her, but at the same time, you know, you feel for June because June's trying to get these kids out without getting caught, yeah. without getting killed, and she has. To- and June is on that whole other like you know. I think you may have mentioned that she's on that whole other gangster level now, mm-hmm. where she's like. I need to keep this locked. Like she's learning from past mistakes and she's like, this needs to be locked down. Like, I don't need, I don't need any loose ends. I need y'all to keep it together. Hold it tight. You know? Yeah, definitely. So it's like, Oh my God, you feel bad for Eleanor. So Eleanor dismisses herself. She goes up to her room to lie down. Joseph's like, get some rest, my love. And I love their relationship because he really loves that Mm -hmm. woman. But at the same time, you put her here, fam. Like, right. You're the reason. Yeah. Like he, yeah, you could go back and forth with that one, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he loves his wife, but he cared more about creating this new world than protecting her safety. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, Eleanor is kind of becoming a problem. Um, So next, which this is actually one of my favorite scenes of the entire series. Oh, <laughs> it felt good. Um, So Tuello visits Fred and he tells Fred, you know, Luke, Luke Bank, what is this Luke last name? Bankhole, I think. He's like, you know, I think it is, yeah. Bankhole, yeah. Luke Bankhole is here, and um, you know, he wants to meet with you. Are you willing to to talk? And Fred's, you know, Fred, Fred likes to flex on people. You know what I'm saying? He knows. Yeah, he really, he definitely like to flex. He like to flex on people. So he's like, yeah, bring him in. This is little. This is the husband of 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 basically in his mind his mistress. So he's like, yeah, yeah. bring her in, bring him in. Um, so Luke walks in with a whole portfolio. <laughs> I was like, dang, Luke is ready. Like, he probably got diagrams, pictures. Yeah. And if you remember earlier this season, um, he was sitting outside of his apartment and he was going through clippings. So he saved clippings, newspaper clippings. I'm sure he's had, you know, written reports. And, you know, he works for mm-hmm. um to a degree with the Canadian government. So, you know, he he prepared. Um, so you know, he he sits down and here come Aaron get behind Fred in a prison cell talking about, would you like anything to drink? Whiskey, bourbon some tea and you'd be like fred is just so ugh. 
Um, so, you know, they start to have initially a, a civil conversation. Um, yeah. and, and Luke almost tries to level with him. And he says, you know, you know, you and I are very similar people. We've come from similar backgrounds. Um, we both come from good families. We're both, you know, highly educated. We are both men of faith. But unlike you, I mean, unlike me, <laughs> you destroyed lives. There he go with that flexing. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Luke to Fred saying, like, you know, we're the same person, but yet you use what you, your upbringing, and you destroyed lives. And then, um, you know, Fred starts to flex. And Fred's like, well, where were you <laughs> when, you know, the, the birth rates were going down and the environment was going to hell? Like, what did you do? Nothing. You stood by. And Luke's like, okay, well... I can live with that, but you have to live in this prison cell rotting for the rest of your life, knowing your wife betrayed you. And then Fred's Mm. like, okay, but what about your wife? (laughs) You waited all these years for her to come back. And I doubt she's going to return to you. And he's like, what? My wife is like, like, my wife is little. She coming back. And Fred's like, is she? (laughs) Like he was really flexing. Yeah, he was doing some serious flexing. He's like the June Osborne that you know is she's not the same woman anymore. She's changed. That's true. True. She's not sane, but he's still flexing too. He has a point. He has a very good point. She's not the same person, but yeah, he's flexing. So he was like, Yeah, Gilead changed her. Ah, changed her. And it's like there's so (laughs) much weight behind that statement. Like he was basically throwing it in his face that he's violated his wife and as a result of his influence she's a changed person whether his influence was a good one or a bad one like i yeah. <laughs> i changed your wife i know your wife better than you do basically. i think he really wanted somebody to punch him that's what i think he really wanted Heck, and luke delivered that punch <laughs> luke yeah boom straight shot to the face i was like yeah i was like yes luke get him and then they yeah. pull him off and luke's like i'm not done i'm not done yeah. and i'm like yeah <laughs> See, what got me was though I, the only thing that got me that see why I was cheering was I noticed that the, the portfolio <laughs> stuff was still sitting there so I was like well dang what if he had some stuff in there that they could use later you know because I didn't know how everything was going to go down I mean I'm sure security will, will get the portfolio for, for I mean I'm just saying I don't trust Fred Fred is super sketch I thought he should have been done so I'm just saying yeah I was just like get him get him punch him in the face <laughs> I was like, I guess Fred wanted to be punched this episode. That's what I felt. He had to talk him reckless to somebody's husband about his wife. Like, I was just like, this man is on another <laughs> level. <laughs> I, I hope I hope he has the blackest of the blackest eyes when he wakes up the next yeah, morning. He, yeah, Fred is real punchable. We've been talking about that all season. Real punchable. His face is really punchable. So, thank you. Thank you. Shout out yep, to Luke. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Luke. The real MVP of the episode. You finally landed a yep. punch on that smug behind Fred. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he gets escorted out. <laughs> um, and this next scene was kind of hard to stomach. Um, it's yeah, it was. was yeah. And we've seen some pretty horrible things on this show. But this one... This is this one was up there. Like, if you can make a list, this is definitely, like, on the list. I don't know where it lands for people, but it was definitely on the list. It was, it was hard to watch. I, I really felt yeah. bad. But, I mean... That was... It was bad, yeah. Yeah, so June, she goes up to Eleanor's room. She's she's bringing her her supper, her dinner. She checks in on her. 
And, you know, the last time they spoke, Eleanor just wasn't in the best place. She got yelled at. She went upstairs to kind of cry it away. And uh, so we just assume she's just in bed moping. You know, she's in bed. She's crying. She's upset. So June's like, Eleanor, I brought you your dinner. Eleanor, Eleanor. Eleanor's not responding. So she goes over to her bedside and um, she shakes her and she notices that Eleanor is overdosing. Um, she's not mm-hmm. responsive. You know, she's... Um, you could see like there's like drool coming out of her mouth and she's not all there. And then she noticed the bottle of pills at her bedside and June's like, Eleanor, Eleanor, wake up. And she like runs to the door. Um, this is actually what broke my heart. She runs to the door yeah. to get help. And then she thinks about it and she stops. And you know, in that moment she realizes that this is probably for the best um, yeah, which which breaks your heart in so many ways. It, yeah, it's like yeah. The, you you don't want Eleanor to die, but it makes sense because if yeah. Eleanor dies, the man the, the smans the plans run smoothly. If Eleanor mm-hmm. dies, she's no longer a liability. If Eleanor dies, they don't have to worry about keeping her under wraps. So June has to force herself not to run out and get help, and she kind of stops. She goes to Eleanor's bed and you can hear Eleanor struggling to breathe. She's taking her last breath and, you know, June kisses her and she walks out the room. She closes the door and then she puts the dinner on on the, you know, in front of the door like she normally would when Eleanor refused to eat. And she goes into her room, closes the door and lands in bed. And I was just like, oh, like, yeah, that's really hard to watch. Yeah, because you've on, on the outside, you're like, I would have, you know, anybody would have said, okay, let me keep going. I need to call 911. We need to do something because mm-hmm. she doesn't deserve that. But you, but, and then I even like, and I've even, you know, looked ahead because I got so into it and I'm not going to say anything, mm-hmm. but there was something that I'll have to bring up. Like, you'll have to remind me to bring it up. Okay. But I think I found, I noticed something that might have also led to her decision in this. Oh. Um, but I thought it was really like I don't know this one got me like I was quiet for a minute like I think I like paused the episode mm. and I was just kind of sitting there looking for a little bit because June has made some choices that are very questionable yeah and I was thinking I was like but she's sticking to it's like you get what you asked for but you didn't want it this way because she's sticking to the plan like she's making sure this plan is airtight right, right. ready to go yeah and she definitely I know like she loved Eleanor she didn't want Eleanor to go out like this yeah but it's almost yeah. like at the same time it's almost like a mercy because Eleanor was even kind of doubtful on them being able to live their life like yeah what if her and Joseph pulled it off and they got these babies across yeah. the border and you know what they probably would have still been locked up so it's just like you know was she really gonna have a better life on the other side so it's almost like this like tragedy like she was doomed from the beginning because of you know her life and her mental health issues and it's you know obviously she was at a breaking point where she thought she had to take her own life but just what makes it heartbreaking is the fact that june could have saved her and she had to make the difficult decision of essentially allowing her her to die like it was just like i mean she did kill herself but like i could have revived her i could have helped her and i I just kind of stood by and let it happen and you see that it weighs on june because she's in that bed all night and she never went to sleep and the next morning you know you hear i i don't know if it was beth or sienna but you hear one of the marthas discover eleanor's body the next morning 
And it's like, Jew knows in her heart that like she could have stopped this. So that was really mm-hmm. like the tragedy of Eleanor. She's this wonderful lady. She just unfortunately ha- suffered from mental illness and she was in this horrible environment that contributed to it. And on top of that, she couldn't even get the help that she needed. So it's like probably one of the biggest tragedies of the show was probably the death of Eleanor. Yeah, and the fact that it does kind of give you a light on a little bit of mental, you know, mental illness yeah. as well too. You know, like I know there's always been that, you know, well, is medication helping? Is there another way that you can help people? You know, in this position, so I, I think it was, you know, I think that's one of those issues that they played. You know, they played very well in this show to try to bring like a little attention to it. Yeah, I, I do like the progression that they took with Eleanor. She just wasn't some little crazy lady that just switched moods. You know, they mm-hmm. showed her the gradual deterioration of her mental state how she was kind of like a little little a little looney tunes a little wonky but she was still yeah. like there and you know she had her moments she had her episodes but she would bounce back and then as her medication was taken away and as the pressure built up and as the idea of her husband being put away as a, a, a war criminal as all that kind of built up and mounted she began to lose it and unravel and ended up into this like state where she felt like she had no other choice but to take her own life mm-hmm. because she I know I probably know Eleanor considered herself a liability and she knew it so she was like let me just end it here because i'm going to get everyone i loved killed and these kids are going to die because of me or not die but these kids are going to be stuck in this world because of me um so yeah it's sad. and i have to make that decision just as again why i can't stop i'm ready for the war because i can't stand this i can't stand gilead anymore because it's just like you have those moments where you just like i can't take it anymore like the rules and regulations they have yeah it was hard to watch like to see how she was like literally about to run out the door like help and then she's like oh, i can't I can't help her. Yeah. <laughs> I have to let this happen. Yeah. So it, it sucked. It was it was definitely really hard to watch. And I was just like, oh my God. Eleanor. Not Eleanor. So Yeah, why they why they gotta do that to us? Why they, they had to girl. do that to us. So <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was definitely hard to watch. Eleanor was a real one. And I, I wish she had gotten her happy ending, but this is Gilead. Nobody gets a happy ending, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um so Serena false who's not a real one who's not a real one <laughs> who probably should all uh, i'm not gonna wish death on serena but who probably should you know take out serena why not serena why eleanor i mean i'm getting pretty tired of waterford so i'm gonna hope that we don't have to carry this into season four that's just what my hope yeah. is yeah yeah serena so serena um falls asleep in one of the conversation pieces and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um Tuella walks in um with a box of pizza and and a newspaper and she's like isn't that contraband and he's just like yeah that's why you gotta get rid of the evidence the pizza um he's really sweet on her i've noticed yeah tuello be trying to step up and i'll be like tuello you don't want it you don't want that is too much of a woman for you that's you don't want them problems um Uh and you know he answered the newspaper and and serena's like i i don't read he's just like okay and he, he leaves but you see serena smiling like this is the first time where she can freely read and not have to worry about getting her finger chopped off you know what i'm saying right. like yeah and I, again i don't understand why she was a part of crate in this where you gotta smile because you get a newspaper you know what exactly. i mean like i'm just like i those little moments just get to me like i'm like girl really yeah so um so you know she reads a little newspaper she's happy so the next scene is another somber one um they're essentially getting ready for for uh eleanor's funeral so they're the handmaid the handmaid june and the marthas are in the kitchen they're getting ready they're chopping up you know you know after you have a funeral people come back to the house and 
yeah. have a meal. Um, so they're, they're getting ready for that. And the Marthas leave and, and Joseph comes in and eh, it had to be hard for, for June to be looking at his face. Um, yeah. You know, he's grieving for Eleanor and uh, he blames himself for what happened. And he's like, you know, I should have checked on her. And June's like, I should have checked on her, which is kind of an admission of guilt on her part by saying that. Yeah. Um, and you usually never get June to do that. Like, she'll just give you that. She'll just give you face. But I've never, I, unless I just missed it. I don't think I've ever heard her, like, go ahead and confess. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what I did. To a degree. Um, because she didn't say, I did check on her. And she was overdosing and I let her die. Um, she was right, like, right, you know, right. I could- it was still a June. It was a June admission. It was a June admission. Um, so he tells her, you know, I arranged for the border to remain open. They really weren't going to fight me on this because I'm grieving for the death of my wife. And, you know, we're, we're going to make this work. Um, and, you know, June tells him, thank you. And she she tells him, you know, Eleanor was, was such a kind woman. And, and they agree on that. And, you know, he was just like, you know, she was so fragile. And you just feel bad. You're just like, you know, the one thing that he loved in this world was Eleanor. That's all he really had. So he's kind kind of lost everything so i honestly don't think joseph cares about <laughs> being put away as a war criminal like just lock me up i don't have my wife anymore um yeah i think he's gonna do what he has to do for the plan but after that i think he's just like i don't really care. i really don't care exactly um so he leaves june and june you can see she's struggling to hold it together um and so we, we basically go to the funeral of eleanor the wives are all lined up the commanders are all lined up and grieving her her death and there's aunt lydia and of course the lawrence household so the marthas sienna and beth and even uh june's there she's wearing black which you've never really seen her in anything but red mm-hmm. um and Warren apparently is the resident preacher, Commander Warren, and he's presiding over, you know, Eleanor's funeral. And he actually, this line was actually very true. He asks for forgiveness for not easing her pain. He's like, you know, dear Lord, forgive us for not easing her pains and not saving her troubled soul. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. Y'all do need that forgiveness. Y'all didn't ease her pain. All y'all did was contribute to it. Um, Right. And so everybody leaves and, uh, you know, she asked Aunt Lydia, you know, can I stay behind and, 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 you know, to talk to Lawrence and Aunt Lydia excuses her and everybody else goes back to the house. Um, And she walks up to Joseph and she's like, do you want to be alone right now? He doesn't really respond. He just looks at, you know, he looks at Eleanor's grave and uh, I thought they were going to like hold hands for a second, (laughs) like in a rare. (laughs) I was wondering where it was going with. Yeah. And I kind of like. The way, you know, they're standing there together. Um, June looks at Joseph and then Joseph looks back at her and there's this look on his face and I can't really. Yeah. Do you think he knows? I was like, well, does he think think he knows that? Yeah. Does he have an idea or or maybe just by the way that June's been acting? Does he suspect that she has something to do with with his wife's death? Like there's something across his face. I can't read it, but it definitely looks Mm -hmm. like suspicion to me. And June turns her head and she's hiding behind her wings. Like the the wings that she wears over on her head, they cover her face. You can't, they're almost, she refers to them as blinders. You can't see their faces when they wear this unless they're turned to you. So she's hiding behind these wings. And then of course she gives you face or in this case eyes. And you kind of see like the true nature of what's, you know, what's going on behind those eyes. And it's like, yeah. she sacrificed Eleanor for this. For, to keep, to get yeah. Out. She, yeah, the, all the things that came out of Eleanor sacrificing herself, I, I just it was so twisted. But you seen what her, you seen what her motivation, her goal was. Yeah, and it's like 
on this one, while it's like I agree with you and I don't. Like I yeah, I, yeah. I understand. it's not that I agree. I understand why June let Eleanor die. I understand why she didn't get help. But at the same time, it's so heartbreaking because Eleanor was innocent in all this. You know, she couldn't help the way she was acting. She, she's yeah. you know, she, she was she was dealing with mental illness. So it's like I get it. It had to be done, but it just sucks that Eleanor was like the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah. So yeah, and I was kind of curious, and it also kind of like you know, in a in a sad way, it all, but it also gives you a sort of direction, um, you know, for the Lawrences a little bit because you, I was kind of wondering where they were gonna go with their storyline a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, because of like we've never, because I mean, I guess you kind of read, you can kind of read Joseph a little bit now, mm-hmm. but I still feel like we've never really gotten like you know what is what is core like what is he all about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it kind of like with her death, it kind of gave them like you know the, their story somewhat of an ending, but you know you never know you got a whole season so they can mix some things up. Yeah, definitely. So um, you know I haven't watched the finale yet. Um, you have, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how this all pans out. If Lawrence finds out that June basically didn't help Eleanor as she was laid dying, like it, it, it's hard. Does she really get these kids out? It's a plan work. Like what's gonna happen? Um, you know, are the Waterfords going to trial? Like it's so many loose ends that need to be wrapped up, and definitely yeah. looking forward to next episode and you know oh yeah our our episode 13 review is gonna be juicy we gotta go in for that last episode absolutely we're gonna definitely gonna wrap up this season so um yeah that was that was the episode um you got anything else for us ryan you're our behind the scenes expert yeah and i I gotta do a little tribute for eleanor because we're gonna miss her it's it's, you know we gotta do a little tribute for her for she going out Um, so i found right time for eleanor all right go ahead Right. One time for Eleanor. Um, so I found the costume designer for Handmaid's Tale season three. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Brofman, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. If you guys are curious, you know, check out IG or something. But anyway, she kind of gave us like a little snippet of talking about Eleanor's wardrobe. Because, you know, we like to talk about the fashion on this show, mm-hmm. about the different colors of the dresses and everything. Um, so basically, she said... Um, so basically, she's talking about Eleanor's slow descent, and she says um, they illustrate her mental state by making her dresses, you know, like a touch too big. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not cared for anymore. Her hand crocheted uh, shawl um, is like her shield. Mm-hmm. You know, she really wraps herself yeah. in it. And there's like, there's hookings, you know, there's like a hook on it for her fingers and stuff where she kind of sticks her fingers in and everything. Okay. Um, you know, because it's like an extra grip of security that Eleanor needs. security blanket. And so, yeah. And so like, and you know, like I said, like if you get it, you know, if you guys get a chance on IG to check her out, she does have like a ton of cool pictures, kind of like, you know, close ups on Eleanor. If you kind of didn't notice, you know, like the hair and little touches they made to kind of show that Eleanor was really like feeling the brunt of, you know, this society, her decisions, her husband made you know her like her true descent so yeah i thought that was like just a little cool like you know you guys know i like the behind the scenes stuff i thought that was a little cool thing to talk about um you know her wardrobe a little bit and maybe stuff that people didn't notice because you were so into like her you know her kind of loopy scenes and everything yeah definitely i do like the care that they take took the season with eleanor and like you said her slow descent down to the fact down to her wardrobe down to what she wore um i mean but it's realistic you know people that struggle with mental illness people that struggle with depression with being manic when they go through those lows they don't get up they don't they want to lay in bed all day they don't want to wash you know wash themselves and care for themselves yeah and, and put on fresh press clothes like they rather just watch like, you know if if you guys watch euphoria um it kind of reminds me of that episode in euphoria where rue was in her room for 
what, like a week and was so depressed that she couldn't even motivate herself to get up and use the bathroom that she gave herself a kidney yeah, infection. Yeah, you just lose all that. Just, yeah, you just lose all of that to want to do anything. You, know, you yeah. use the will to live. You, you, you lose the will to yeah. care for yourself. Um, and you, I mean, I sometimes, you know, if you're going through it, I'd rather just be in my hoodie all day and be in my bed and not get up. Right, so, right. Uh, I appreciate the care and the time they took to address something like this because I, I feel like a lot of times uh, and I, I like how shows now contemporary shows are addressing the issue of mental illness and they're kind of taking it seriously and they're showing what people go through versus back in the day when it was an after school special and you know one episode of like growing pains you're depressed and by the end of the episode you magically are okay you know like that or degrassi right. whatever the case may be um but now yeah. it's like it's you clearly see it's not just like oh you flip the switch and someone's depressed it's a slow progression into descent into darkness that people go through so i i appreciate the time mm-hmm. they took like you said down to their her wardrobe to show how far eleanor progressed even her hair was all crazy and at first it was put together yeah. and then it was, you know you started seeing her hair get crazy and you know like she hadn't combed it in three weeks so yeah definitely yeah it was yeah but yeah so shout out to Eleanor. We are going to miss her. We are. She will be missed. She was definitely a real one, unlike Serena. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. she can definitely teach <laughs> thank up you some guys a few things listening. on the show. Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys for listening. We will definitely be back with the final episode of the season on Handmaid's Tale episode 13. We'll break it down for you guys and also look forward to our power recaps. And uh, we'll talk to you yeah. guys soon. Say bye. Bye, guys. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.